Welcome to Adjusted, a podcast for workers' compensation enthusiasts. I'm sure there's a few out there. Um, I'm your host, Greg Hamlin, coming at you live from Birmingham, Alabama. And today, we are actually tackling one of our bonus episodes on the importance of culture. And with me today is our uh, guest, Scott Fink. Just say hi to everybody, Scott. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to be here. We are glad to have you, Scott. Scott is our Director of Business Development at uh, Berkeley Industrial Comp. And one of the things we've been focusing on in these shorter episodes is the importance of culture. And I know WR Berkeley has a phrase that everything counts and everyone matters. And so I wanted to, with these episodes, really have an opportunity to showcase some of the amazing people who make what we do work the way that it does. And so, Scott, I thought I'd start a little bit with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Uh, So how did you end up in workers' compensation? I'm sure as a kid, this was your lifelong goal, right? It it was, yeah. When I was 12, it was either an astronaut or be the sales guy at an insurance carrier. (laughs) I chose the sales guy at the insurance carrier. Um, (laughs) I I went to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, It was a pre-law major. Um, and then I went into the Marine Corps. I was an officer in the Marine Corps and, and I was in the Marine Corps for about four years. And when I was getting out, um, I got recruited into commercial PNC and, and went on the, uh, the agency side, um, for a couple of years, kind of cut my teeth there. And I've been in the industry, um, ever since about eight years and about three years with WR Berkeley and, and Berkeley Industrial Comp here. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you for your service, first of all. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm sure it was a, a big switch, though, the Marines to uh, insurance. So, so. It's, a, it's a little different. It's a little, yeah. A little more relaxed. You, yeah, right. So did you spend all of it uh, in the States or did you go overseas at all for that? Um, I was deployed twice um, in my time. I was stationed out in California and deployed twice. Um, and then right when I got back from the second deployment, um, I was I was due to get out and like I said, got recruited into to this fascinating world of insurance and I'm I'm still learning every day and I think I will be until the end of time. It's uh it's a it's a pretty um big industry to learn, if you will. For sure. So I know um you're you're more front facing than the claims team. I always say we're more front facing than people think, but um you're really out there um you know, meeting with agents. And I'm sure during COVID, that's been a challenge. And there's been a lot that has been different uh, as people have been working from home and offices have been empty. Yeah. Uh, so how did you adapt during all of that? I mean, that's that's a crazy time to be over sales of an insurance company. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point, Greg. I, you know, a big part of our job was was being out, meeting our clients, uh, insureds and agents, brokers. Um, and as you said, with the pandemic, that just completely came to a halt. I, I think I still say to this day, one of the, the biggest reasons we found success during the pandemic was the relationships that we built before it. And don't get me wrong, you know, we we stayed in contact like everybody else. We lived in a Zoom society. You know, we we were we we were on the phone a lot more than we might have ever been. But I, I do believe it was those relationships that were built before. And and that's not truly not just on the sales team side. I mean, that to your point on on resolution on the claim side, you guys are just as forward facing and in, in a time of very real need and you know dire circumstances a lot. So. Those all those actions, that empathy that we talk about, 
every person in the finance team, anybody that was forward facing before the pandemic helped us build that bridge through it before the thing even started, in my opinion. That's a that's a really great point. I know we all had to kind of pivot and, and find our spot. And I think you're right. You know, relate building relationships take time. Absolutely. And if you haven't put in the time and, and a crisis happens, then you're really in a, a pinch. So um, for sure on that. So for you, what gets you up every day? What gets you excited about what you do? Uh, I know the big the big catchphrase is what provides meaning and purpose for uh, for for people in their work. And, uh, you know, I think when we think insurance, that's probably the last thing people think about when they think <laughs> meaning and purpose. So like, okay, that's uh, insurance. All right. Well, I mean, it's, it's a good point. I, I, I would argue that, you know, I think we do, we, and, and you know this better than I do, we serve an, an immense purpose in, in the industries that we write workers comp for. Um, and, and I hope that gets us all up every day. But, you know, it, it's a really, it's a big question. And, and I, I wanted to think about it as sort of simply as I could. And, and honestly, it's, it's, it's just about caring. I mean, I, I genuinely care about the people on my team, on our team in this company and WR Berkeley. Um, I care about the agents, our brokers and, and the insureds and, and vice versa. I, I get up every day genuinely feeling like a lot of the folks in our company care about me and the leadership cares about me. Um, and, and that makes a world of difference that plays into the culture piece that I know we're going to talk about. Um, but I, you know, and I would give an example of this that, you were involved in this as much as I was over the holiday. We, you know, we had a, an injured worker who had a, an amputated finger over the holidays and we were all with our families. And, you know, there was multiple people involved in that. Um, myself, yourself, several of your team members. And you know, I know, I know the agent, I know the, the insured and the injured worker all were just vehemently impressed with how much we cared. And, and, I, and I, I talk about this because I think, and I think I know the team well enough. We came into that over Thanksgiving, not because the customer paid for something or because it's just our job or because we don't want to get fired. You know, we came at that in my belief that because we just cared, there was, there was a, a human being who didn't have a finger and it was Thanksgiving and we just all dropped what we were doing. And, and we helped to, to the, to the most that we could. I mean, all the offices were closed, doctor's offices, obviously, but, um, you know, just, just us caring and taking the time to reassure them meant the world to them. And I, and I think that's a speaks volumes to, to what gives me meaning and purpose, what makes our company tick, what makes your team on the claim side tick. It's, it's amazing. That's a, that's a great example, Scott. And, um, you know, just to fill that out a little bit. So Scott reached out to me, it was the Friday after Thanksgiving and the agent was worried and the uh, customer was worried, the insured, the, uh, the injured worker was worried because this all happened right before the holidays. And he was scheduled to have a surgery or uh, a revision for that amputation of his finger on Monday. And so of course he's worried whether this is going to get approved. His employer's worried whether it was going to get approved. And I really, it was great to see, you know, I, I called the hospital, we had an adjuster talk to the injured worker. Um, we had people reach out to the customer and the agent, Scott followed back up with the agent and you're right. Um, you know, it's not because we were worried about getting fired or somebody being upset, but it's because it's the right thing to do. Yep. And I think if we were in that same spot, if I was in that spot on the Friday, you know, I'll give you the example. My father had a heart attack right before the 4th of July. 
Oh. And wasn't able to have a quintuple bypass until after. And that's just so stressful when you're going through the holidays and the doctors aren't there and you don't know what to expect. Um, yeah. So the unknown is just as scary as anything else. So if we can just be a voice saying, hey, don't worry, we're here for you. It, it, it just means the world. Yep. Absolutely. So you um, were there when we did this exercise to create a culture wall. And, and I know that that's hard to visualize probably for people listening, but the concept was that we would have artistic kind of cartoony uh, renditions of different ideas that help define who we are. And so there were a number of those at our annual event that were hung up around the room with phrases. And they kind of brought us all in to kind of talk about, well, how do you feel like this stuff fits? And Scott, do you remember much about that day? I do. I do. I think we were in Montgomery, Alabama, weren't we? I think we were. Yeah. I think we I were. Think we were. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember a lot. You know, I, I think it was a, a great exercise to go through. I, I think the culture wall hanging in the office is wonderful. Um, you know, I think it's just another mechanism among many um, that we've done and are going to continue to do to empower our employees to have input on their thoughts their beliefs, their opinions about how we can be better as a team and as a company. Um, and, and that the culture wall gave us that ability. You know, it, it probably resonates with, with some more than others, um, like anything in life. But with that said, it w- was all of us giving our input and getting to put a little bit of our personality into what we believe the culture is. And I, I think, you know, this is probably a bigger question, but that personality, each of our personalities makes up so much of, of what one aspect of what our culture is. And so the culture wall is a great representation of that. Excellent. And I know I had each of each of the people that I've talked to talk about one of the visuals and phrases that stood out that stood out to them. Scott, when for you, what, what one really resonated with you? I'm sure there were a few, but what one really uh you know, spoke to you. Yeah, I was I was excited when you asked me this question. Uh, there's one that, um, you know, I, I think we had mouse pads made and we had pictures that we could we got one framed and and um, they were sent to all of us. And for me, it's just always been great believers in resilience. And and that that word resilience is what just really stands out to me. People in my life that know me probably get tired of listening to me talk about this topic, but I I. I'm such a, a just a, a staunch believer that for any organization, any company, one of the biggest things we have to do is we have to fail. We have to fail when we have to learn how to fail. And we and, and when we fail, we need to fail successfully, meaning we, we learn from it. So we're going to make mistakes. And, and this is just, just just my opinion. But the baseline input to the failing is is making a decision. You have just continuously making decisions and some are right, some are wrong, and it's okay as long as we know we're going to learn from from how we fail. But so it, it's not just the failing part. It's the intentionality of continuing to make decisions when you know the ones you've made in the, in the past have caused you to fail. But you, and so not only are you or can you learn how to be okay to fail and learn from it, but can you come back to the table and make another decision? And to me, that's where the resilience comes from. So when we were doing this in Montgomery that day, two and a half years ago, whenever it was, you know, that just it, it just always stuck out to me. So I was I was excited to um, to talk about it and give my little philosophy on life, Greg. No, I think that's great. You know, that's one that um, that I love as well. And just you know, in my own life, I've had all kinds of different experiences and challenges, and and 
really the difference in those is, you know, we recently uh, lost a couple employees, which is never, never great, right? You never want that to happen. But in that experience, you know, I went home that night, I thought, well, I'm going to feel bad for myself tonight. And when I woke up in the morning, I said, now it's time to think positively and move forward. And it's been exciting because there's new opportunities that come with that. Every time something goes wrong, there's where we're faced with a challenge, there's a new opportunity to be and become something better than what we were and, and to learn from it, like you said. And so I thought that was a great, um, a great, because in life, no matter what you do in business, life, stuff happens. And it's not what you wanted. Yeah. I mean, you make a great point. It's a, a challenging moment with, with employees and losing employees or, or any other challenging moment too. The, the point resonates with me because it's also an opportunity to show everybody around you, Hey, I'm, I can stay calm. You know, I can put a smile on my face and we can get through this and we're going to get through it as a team. And, and that, that opportunity that of the challenge of how someone reacts in it is just as important as the failure or as as the challenge is in itself. I, I think that's a really good point. But I'm sure in your time in the Marines, being able to have to make decisions, good or bad, but make decisions and then have to be able to bounce back. I'm sure there was some of that there, too. Yeah. You know, I tell people, I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned was was how to fail. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it. But they the Marine Corps will make you fail. And that, that is, that is their, in my opinion, at least their primary objective in training is to, to do everything they can to stack the odds. So against you that you fail at some given task and they want to see how you respond. And, uh, you know, I think that's a lifelong lesson that applies to, to the business world every day. Cause we're, we're going to fail to get to success. Success is messy and we're going to fail along the way. So let's just embrace it now in my opinion. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Scott, I really appreciate having you on the podcast for this episode. You know, I lo- one of the things I love about Berkeley Industrial Comp is just all the different kinds of people and the different backgrounds each of us bring. And uh, it really is what makes us work and makes it makes us tick. So thank you for your time. And uh, hopefully you run into Scott if you're an agent on the road. Uh, you listen to this and bump into him sometime and get a chance to uh, learn more about what we're doing and what we're all about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to, to talk to any any agents out there. And um, Greg, thank you so much for what you do for, for the company on the claim side, for what you do on the, on the podcast, for your, the director, um, Taylor <laughs> Anderson. Wonderful. Um, so thank you guys for having me. I absolutely love to being on. Awesome. Well, that's it for today, guys. And uh, keep keep listening as we release our bonus episodes. And season three will start mid-January. So please keep continuing to join us for these shorter episodes. And we look forward to having you follow along with us into season three as we tackle new and interesting topics. But don't forget to do right, think differently, and don't forget to care, guys. That's it for today. Look forward to having you join us in the future.